Good morning. Good morning. I want to greet you in Jesus' name this morning. I wonder if you meant what you sang this morning. A number of the songs were meaningful, and um, especially the last one. Um, How often do we steal away? How often do you take the time to spend... um, quality time with your Lord. I think as we see the day approaching when Christ returns, we ought to do it more and more. And we're so busy and so burdened with the cares of this life that I wonder if we really, really do take the time to steal away. Maybe I'm speaking for myself, but I was struck with the song this morning. Thank you, brother, for leading those songs. I want to welcome all the visitors. I see a lot of young people here and a couple over here. And welcome to our Ukrainian family. I hope you can enjoy yourself with us today as we worship. We invite you to be here with us in spirit and in truth to worship. The title of the message is Faith, the Defining Character of the Christian. Faith, the Defining Character of the Christian. A couple weeks ago, I preached a message to the young people because it was Youth Sunday, and I uh, began um, a series on understanding the Christian life, and in that first message, we talked about a number of things, but I also mentioned that in, in the course of life, when we find ourselves, especially those of us that were raised in Christian homes, we can sort of lose sight or understanding of what it means to be a Christian. And so that was sort of the motivation for myself to start thinking about, well, what does it really mean to be a Christian? And I thought back when I was sitting in the front, and I I just couldn't quite remember if I would have really understood, well, what does it mean to be a Christian? Like, I understand, I, I would have understood that there's some things that Christians do and Christians do not do. But what does it really mean when I say I am a Christian? What does it look like and what are some characteristics of a Christian? So this morning, I would like to look at one more of those things that define a Christian, and that is faith. How many of you this morning, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, You're going to have to interact here. How many of you this morning know that the Christian life is a life of faith? Okay. Not a hard question to ask. Not a hard question to answer. I have another question. 
What does the Bible mean when it says that the just shall live by faith? And then it says somewhere else that we walk by faith and not by sight. What does that mean? You don't have to answer that question, but I'd like for you to think about that. What does it mean when the Bible says, when Paul t- uh, uh, says those words, that the just shall live by faith? The writer of Hebrews says it. And then also, for we walk by faith and not by sight. What does that mean? The third question I have is this, and you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. How many of you this morning believe that you are a person of faith? Am I? There are some brave souls over here. Bless you. Am I a person of faith? If I am a person of faith, how do I know that I'm a person of faith? How do I know that I am a person of faith? Do I live by faith? And if I live by faith, what does that look like? What does it look like to live by faith? Now, I want to clarify something. We all understand that the Christian life is entered into by faith. So by definition there, we are people of faith, correct? So just by the fact that we enter into the Christian life through faith, for by grace you are saved through what? Faith. So there is no way into the Christian life outside of faith in someone, and that's Jesus Christ. So by definition, all of you who are born again this morning, who have become saved, are technically people of faith. But does that mean that you are a person of faith? Does that mean that you are living by faith? Or we could ask the negative thing and say, are you living by sight rather than by faith? And have you checked yourself recently? Are you living by faith or is it easy for you to live by sight? I invite you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. My goal this morning is to help us understand or to renew our understanding of what faith is. What is faith? And maybe specifically that the Christian life is faith. When you claim to be a Christian, you live, the life you are living, every aspect of your life is faith is lived in faith or out of faith. There is is nothing else. Think about it. If there's only one way into Christianity, and that is faith in Jesus Christ, then Christianity really is nothing but faith. We have to live by faith. 
So my goal is to just dissect that a little bit this morning and then end with some encouragement on how to grow and strengthen our faith. I'd like to pray and ask God to be with us through the message here this morning. Shall we pray? Father, we come to you and feel a real sense and a need for your presence here. And I confess, Father, that this is probably not the easiest thing for me to wrap my head around. And maybe even my heart. And so would you come and teach us this morning? Would you take your word and make it alive once more? Would you strengthen our faith? Meet our needs, whatever those needs are. Speak to us. And we'll give you honor and glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, it's called the faith chapter. And as I was studying, I was reading down through the faith chapter, and it's, it's really an amazing gallery. Uh, the, 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 the picture that kept coming into my mind was of, a, of an art gallery, perhaps, of, of just portraits of men and women of faith. And it goes down through and it lists a bunch of men and women in Scripture who were faithful in their walk with the Lord, who, who weren't perfect, but they lived by faith and it was accounted to them for righteousness, Scripture says. And just that I would love to someday sit in, the, in, in that group and just look at them and say, there's Abraham and there's Noah. There's Enoch. He never died. He just went. <laughs> and God said, the scripture says he walked with the Lord. <clears throat> Hundreds of years he walked with the Lord. And he pleased God and God took him without dying. I'd like to sit with those people someday and just, what was it like in your day to live by faith? Then I would hope they would ask me, well, what was it like to live in your day? by faith. And we can have some comparison going on. And I bet you there would be some similarities. But I think they would also shake their heads at some of the things that we experience. And we would shake our heads at some of the things they had to deal with. Let's never forget, brothers and sisters, that the life of faith is not an easy life. Okay? That's not to be discouraging. That's just the reality because when we enter into that life of faith, when we enter into the life of Christ, we are against all odds. We are against everything else. We are the kingdom of light against the kingdom of darkness. And it is hard work because we have an enemy that comes and says, No, I want your faith. I'm going to sift you like wheat. I want your faith. And he's after us. The Christian life is a life of faith. It's a good life. It's a blessed life. But it also takes energy, effort, and concentration. So as I was reading through Hebrews, I began to see just this little, like, 
subcategory of um, a strain that you hear throughout uh, the book of Hebrews. And the setting here for Hebrews is the early church and specifically the Jewish early church, early Christians. And these Christians were being persecuted, severely persecuted. And the book of Hebrews was written for their encouragement. Whoever the writer, there's discrepancy who the writer is, the author is of Hebrews. But the author's intent was to encourage these Christians to not let go of the faith, their faith, to not waver. And we have things like in um, chapter 2, we have a warning in chapter 2 of Hebrews that it is possible for a Christian to drift away. And then in chapter 3, we have the writer encouraging the listener, you and me, and back then it would have been the Jewish Christians, to not harden their hearts, to not get discouraged because of the difficulties they were facing. He said, don't be like your fathers in the wilderness who got discouraged because it was hard in the wilderness and they lost faith in the living God. Do you know what happened to those people? You know what the writer of Hebrews says? He says, when they lost faith in the living God, they backslid and they were not allowed to go into the promised land. They could not enter into the rest that was theirs to have. Do you get the connection? Do you make the connection for us today? The writer of Hebrews is encouraging us to not let go of the faith. That's in chapter 3. And in chapter 10, the writer gives a solemn warning that God will judge his people who willfully sin. God judges his people. If we're here this morning and we're sinning willfully, just know that you are under God's judgment. So it is possible for us, brothers and sisters, to, to, to lose sight of our faith because of sin. Further in chapter 10, he encourages us to endure patiently the trials and the persecutions, the difficulties that we have. And he says, because when you do that, you will, you will have a tremendous reward. And then in verse 39, he declares that the person who is justified will live by faith. And then he encourages us and he says this, I want you guys to know that you are not of those who backslide like the fathers did in the wilderness. He had the confidence in the early church, in that church, that they are not of that kind. This morning, brothers and sisters, I want us to understand that. I don't believe any one of us are that kind. But we have to be aware that we have an enemy that comes in and wants to destroy us. 
And so this morning, the question is, are you a, a man? Are you a woman? Are you a young person of faith? And how do you know? What is this faith that the writer of Hebrews is talking about? We're just going to sort of look at it a little bit. There's not, I don't have a real definition for it. I just struggled a little bit with knowing, well, how do you define this faith? And you can go into chapter uh, 11, verse 1, and you say, well, right, there's the definition. But if you dissect that, that's not really a solid definition. It gives us sort of a picture of what it is. So we're going to look at that, but we're going to read the first six verses of chapter 11. Follow along in your Bibles. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance or the foundation that gives confidence or assurance of things hoped for. And it's the evidence or the proof of things that are not seen. For by it, or for by faith, in faith, the elders obtained a good report. And through faith, we understand that the worlds were formed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. That word translated simply means that God took him. He transferred from here to there without dying. He was gone. And evidently they had a search party out because he couldn't be found. It says that he could not be found. They were looking for him. Enoch was gone. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him or to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And right there, brothers and sisters, that last verse, verse 6, should give us an idea whether or not we are actually men and women of faith. How diligently do we seek God? We'll get into that later. So what is this faith? What is it? I would look at verse 1 and I would say something like this. Faith gives substance to things promised or to promises and provides evidence for things that are not seen. Another person paraphrased it this way. Faith proves or gives evidence for things that we cannot see, thus giving us a conviction that these unseen things are true. You just got to think that thing through a little bit. But the bottom line is this, that when we activate our faith, when we're active in our faith, Something happens in our inner man, in our spiritual understanding, that connects with truth. And we understand things from a different light. There is something there. How does faith do this? How does faith give evidence for things we cannot see 
And how does faith settle those things in our hearts as convictions that they are true? How does it do that? I would suggest this morning that how faith does that is in the fact that faith is based in God. This is not some arbitrary thing. Faith is not some wishful thinking. Faith is not something that I think up or that I, that I bring to myself. Faith, the Christian faith, brothers and sisters, is anchored in the living God. Amen. And that is the basis for us to be able to understand truth because God is truth. Remember, faith is activated in us as we put our faith in Jesus Christ and come into his kingdom. So there is this thing that happens in our soul, in the window of our soul, and it looks out and it reads scripture and it says, yes, that's true. And we have convictions developing and understanding. Faith becomes real in us. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this, So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I hope you caught that. I didn't mean that. Sorry. I just caught what I said. <laughs> what I meant was, I hope you caught what the scriptures said. Ah, that's good. Christian faith is based in God, who is true and trustworthy. This faith is born in man when he reads and hears the truth of God's word. And it reverberates in the truth of the conscience and the soul. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I don't know if you ever put that together. That when you read God's word or when you hear God's word being read, that that reverberates with your conscience, the understanding of your spirit in truth, and faith is solidified. Does not, does not that make us want to read Scripture more? Now, it should. Now, my question is, will we? Are we a person of faith? I have a close acquaintance that spends hours reading and meditating. And I've observed some tremendous changes in that individual's life. And I wonder sometimes what would happen if I would do the same thing. We don't have time, do we? We don't want to take time, maybe. We're too busy. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Christian faith is not based in my feelings. It's not based in my emotions or in some longing. It's not based in chance. It's not wishful thinking. It's not even positive thinking. Okay? 
Faith is trusting entirely in a good and trustworthy God and in his promises. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. When God was communicating with Moses and was asking him to go talk to Pharaoh, Moses said, well, who am I going to? Or he was actually, he said, go, go, go to my people. And, I, and he said, well, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't, what if they wonder, well, who sent you? Do you know what, you remember what God said? You tell them that I am sent you. I am sent you. Our faith is anchored in the great I am. Our faith. Our faith is anchored in him who is trustworthy and truthful. Have you ever wondered, brothers and sisters, why you pray? Why do you pray? Why, why do you pray? When you, in your quiet time, like there's nobody around and you're praying, who are you praying to? What are you praying? Do you understand what I'm saying there? Like, just think that through. It makes, hardly makes any sense to an unbeliever. But you know. I know. Because God word, God's word says that I hear you when you pray. I care deeply about what you're doing. We believe. Our faith says yes. Yes, God hears So our prayers aren't in vain. Our prayers are not in vain because there is a God and our faith is anchored in Him. So is that who you are this morning? Are you a person of faith? Are you a, do you have a settled calm in your spirit that is anchored in God? Are you a settled Christian this morning? Is God your anchor? The second thing we want to look at about faith is this. This kind of faith draws approval from God. This kind of faith draws approval from God. So it brings clarity to things, to promises, to things that are, un, are not seen, to spiritual things. Our faith does that, but then it also brings approval from God. Now, some of us, because we're, we're Anabaptist, we don't, we, don't want, we don't go down the approval thing so much. We don't want to be proud or anything. But read what it says. Read what it says. It says, For by faith the elders obtained a good report. For by what? For by faith. The elders obtained a favorable report. They gained approval. They gained God's approval by their faith, by living out their faith. 
So I want you to think about this. Did you know that our faith, our spirit and attitude of faith, our active living out our faith is noticed by God? God notice when you live out your faith. He notices when you have an attitude and a spirit of faith. He notices that. And he is drawn to that. How is he drawn to that? And we've got to be careful with this because we could have, you know, prosperity gospel here. We all know that the, faith, the life of faith is not always easy. There's some difficult things. But how is he drawn to us? How do we know? By his grace and his love in our life. His grace and his love in our, is evident in our life. What do I mean by that? His grace is sufficient in all things in our life. In the good and the bad things. When we experience his grace in those deep areas that we're facing, we can be certain that he is drawn to our faith. We can go a number of different ways with this. But the fact of the matter is, God is drawn to our faith. He sees it. He sees when we are living out our confidence and our trust in him. Now, the opposite is true too, brothers and sisters. He sees when we don't live in faith. He sees that as well. And I'm not going to go into what that may look like. We do have examples of people who, in Scripture, who walked away from their faith. Three different people in Scripture, it talks about, that, have, that, that lost their faith. Do you know what all three of those reasons they lost their faith? Is because they loved this world. Every one of them says they loved this world and they lost their faith. At the core of this faith, we are giving assent to God's character. When we live out our faith and God notices it, he notices that we are giving assent to his character. We are in fact pointing with our lives to the one who is in control of our lives, and we are allowing him to be control of our lives. And he notices that, and it brings him honor and glory. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And I was caught by that last part of that verse. And he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The word diligently there means to be, to be almost beside yourself. Like you are so wanting to pursue God. Above all else, you want God. And I wonder... Is that who I am? Is that who you are? And then we have to ask ourselves the question again, am I a person of faith? 
if that is part of being a person of faith. If I can't please God without faith, and I'm not diligently seeking him, can I say that I'm a person of faith? Those are hard questions. Those are things we have to ask ourselves. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. We, we know that verse. And then it says, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. It's putting everything into God's basket. Are you willing to do that this morning? What would happen if we would live our lives that intentional? What would happen if we would intentionally live like that? I would let go of the things that I feel safe with or that I want that bring security to me. I would let go of the things that are not so good and that I still want to hang on to. What would happen if you would step away from those things and give control to your Heavenly Father? And I know some of you have. I know some of you have taken some steps. And you can testify to how disconcerting it could be, but then how good it is to be in God's will. I've heard, you, uh, I've heard some of you say those things. So in closing, I'd like to just look at some things that we can do to strengthen our faith. Remember that we have, we have the ability to walk away from our faith. Satan can bring discouragement. He can bring difficulties. He can bring things into our lives that make us want to turn away. We refocus ourselves from God to ourselves, to our circumstances, just like Peter in the boat walking on the water. We look at our, 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 our things around us and we lose focus. But how can we keep from that happening? How do we grow in our faith? Three things. And there are more than three things, brothers and sisters. I put three of them down. But I'm convinced there are lots more things. But there are three basic things that I thought about this morning. Number one, we have to be honest with God. We have to be honest with God. What do I mean by that? If we are going to be people of faith... That means that I have to be able to completely surrender myself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I have to completely give myself under his control. And I have to be honest enough, to, uh, honest enough with him to say, I can't do this on my own. I've got this issue, I've got this issue, I've got this issue that I need you to take care of. I can't do it. I cannot do it. In fact, I don't want to do it. We have to be honest with God in the, in, the, in the painful and in the good. We have to be honest with God. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. The word care there can be translated into anxiety. Casting all your anxieties on him. And it literally means to divide or to pull apart, pull into parts. And what does that mean? There are things in our lives that take our minds and our hearts away from God. We have to be honest with him about that. And he says, I want you to throw all those things on my care. 
because I care about you. I care for you. I want you to do that. I want you to throw that on, my, on me. My shoulders, our Heavenly Father's shoulders are big enough, but you have to be honest. You have to let it go. You have to be honest with yourself and with him. He already knows what all it is that you have and that all it is that you're not willing to let go. He already knows that. And he is a patient, loving father that says, just give it to me. Give it to me. And when we do, when we let go, then our faith is strengthened. It's a little bit like the story we all heard of the guy that was, was hiking and he slipped and he started falling down the canyon wall. And as he was falling, he was able to grab a hold of a, a little scraggly bush on the side of the, the, the cliff face there. And he hung there and, and then he started seeing that the, the roots were actually tearing out of the, 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 of the, of the bush was tearing out of the side of the, the cliff there. And he looked around and he looked down and he looked up and he said, is there anybody up there that can help me? And there was a voice from heaven that said, yes. I can help you. He said, well, what should I do? And he said, let go of the bush. And he looked around and he said, is there someone else that can help me? Isn't that so much how we are? Isn't that so much how we are? God says, let go. Uh, we look around and say, um, uh, well, maybe, maybe not now. Maybe there's something, maybe, maybe some other way. And we won't find complete strength in our faith if we don't let go. When was the last time you humbly went to God and you went down your list of fears and anxieties and the cares in your life and you said, God, I'm going to give them to you. Today I'm going to give them to you. I will not worry. It's for you to worry about. Number two, the second thing. We must be willing to persevere through our trials. We must be willing to persevere through our trials. We all know this. This is biblical. James chapter 1, verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, that the trying of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. This doesn't escape us. We understand this. this. We've been taught these things. We know this is what Scripture teaches us. But when it comes right down for me to be able to do that in some of the circumstances, I can't or I won't because either it feels too insecure, or I like what I have, and I will not let it go. And we have weak faith. We have weak faith. Our trials and our difficulties are designed by our Heavenly Father to strengthen our faith if we allow them to. Too many times I see it as unfair or as that I'm a victim of my circumstances. But, but God clearly teaches us that humble endurance through our difficulties strengthens our faith. And he intentionally designs it that way. Just think about all the ancient men and women in Scripture who went through, and you can read it. Read it 
Chapter 11, go on down through chapter 11, you read it. And then chapter 12, he says, okay, so now that you've read all these, this, this great cloud of witnesses, now that you know you're not alone in your trials, now, you, now that you're not, you, you know you're not, you're not the only one being persecuted, and you're not the only one that's going to die for your faith, you're not the only one that's going to go bankrupt, you're not the only one, whatever it is today for you, now that you know that, lay aside the sin of unbelief and run the, ra- run the race that I've set before you. Run that race. Will we allow the difficulties in our lives? And I know, and I had to think of some of you this morning sitting here, many of you, many of us have had difficulties, a lot of physical things. And I don't want to belittle or make light of those things. I would just encourage us to think about allowing those things to strengthen our faith. There's something about a person who can look tragedy in the face or difficulty in the face and say, but God meant it for good. And I'm his and he is mine. And someday I'll be in glory. It'll be okay. There's something about that kind of thing that is striking and connects with our spirit. The third and last thing is that we must be in God's word. If we want our faith to remain strong, we must remain in God's word. So then faith, and I've, I've quoted this verse, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Do you understand what he's saying there? Just like a baby grows from milk, so we must want the word of God. And that's the only way we grow in our faith, brothers and sisters. If we want to grow, we must know the object of our faith which is God, and we must know what he has to say to us in his word. Feast on his word. Don't let it go. What are the main hindrances for you this morning in spending time in God's word? What are the main things that keep you from reading and studying God's word? And what do you think God is saying to you about that? Those are some questions that I ask myself. And so this morning, brothers and sisters, the Christian life is faith. Faith is the Christian life, however you want to say it. Faith is how we enter into this Christian life. Faith is how we live this Christian life. And then someday, by faith, we will see things that are not seen yet. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Shall we pray? Thank you, God, for this definitive character of the Christian.